Welcome to day four of our look together through John chapter 14. We're talking about what to do when your heart is troubled. In verses 16 to 21, we're going to look at four things that Jesus teaches us that help us when our heart is going through a time of trouble, a time of turmoil, a time of of storm. Let's get right into it because four things are a lot of things to look at. When your heart is troubled, this is really the fifth in our list of 12 things that we'll come back to tomorrow and remember together. What do you do when your heart is troubled? You cry out to God's Spirit for help. Verses 16 and 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. In these verses, Jesus calls God's Spirit, his Holy Spirit, our counselor. Incredibly important word. The word counselor is the word parakletos there. And that word is the picture of someone who was called to come in to help in time of desperate need. It was used of a person who would advise you in a difficult situation, who would stand with you in a court of law, or come to help you in any time of need. The Amplified Bible translates this word helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, standby. He is our counselor. He is our helper. He's our advocate. And notice that it is the spirit of truth that is our advocate, that is our counselor. He will often calm our troubled heart with his truth. The Bible says that when I cry to God's spirit for help, he will be there to help me. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is with us. He is our, in essence, our personal trainer with us, our personal life trainer with us 24 hours a day. And so Jesus says in verse 18, when your heart is troubled, you not only cry out to God's spirit for help, but you also remember. You remember that you're not alone. Verse 18, Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. There's nothing more discouraging than the feeling that you're all alone. And Jesus says here, you are not. You are never alone when you know me as Savior. I will come to you. Through God's Spirit, Jesus is saying, I will come to you. I will be with you in every circumstance of life. I will not leave you as an orphan. Now, you may feel like you're all alone because people have left you. They have abandoned you. They're not with you through this time of a troubled heart. So how do you deal with that? You remember the fact that you're not alone, that God is with you. And you ask him to send the right people into your life. But you realize I'm not depending first and foremost on those people to cause me to not be alone during this time. Those people are just the the way that God is serving me, is ministering to me, is working in my life because he is the one who will never leave me alone. When your heart is troubled, verse 16, you cry to God's spirit for help. Verse 18, you remember that you're not alone. When your heart is troubled, verse 19, remember that you're alive. Before long, verse 19, Jesus said, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live you also will live. You're alive. As a believer in Jesus Christ, even though you have a troubled heart, even though life is not going like you want, you are alive. What Jesus is pointing out here is that we live in a world that's spiritually dead. We live in a world where most people don't know Christ. And you look at the world around you and you can easily be brought down by that world. Jesus is reminding you here, you're not like the world. It's the difference between darkness and light. It's the difference between death and life. You are not like the world. Yes, you live in the world. You have to live in this world. And yes, this world can bring you down sometimes, the circumstances of this world. But Jesus is saying, remember this, because I am in you, you will live. 
Because I live, I am resurrected, you will also live. You have the joy of the resurrection life. And when your heart is troubled, you remember that. Because that is what Jesus has left with us. Real life. Not temporary life, real life. What do you do when your heart is troubled? You remember that you're alive. Verse 20, when your heart is troubled, you remember that you're in Christ. Listen to what Jesus had to say in this verse. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Jesus is saying here, there will come a day when you recognize, certainly when we come to join him in heaven, what's always been true about us the moment we became a believer in Christ. We are in Christ. My identity, your identity is now in Jesus Christ. It's not in your job. So if you lose your job and your heart is troubled by that, your identity is not in your job. It's not in some sport that you're good at. It's not even in your family. Your identity is in Jesus Christ. We're going to talk more about this in John chapter 17 when we get there. Your identity, your person, who you are at your core, it's in Christ. And when you remember that, it helps when your heart is troubled. Jesus in these verses says, I am in my Father. In this passage, we've been talking about Father, Son, and Spirit, and we've seen that they're strongly connected. It's interesting that the truth of the Trinity in this passage is strongly connected to the truth of our being in Christ and of our unity as believers. Now, we're not unified with each other in the same way, the same depth as the unity of the Trinity, but Jesus is saying to us here in these verses, just as the Father and I are united, guess what? I I want to unite you. And just as the Father and I are united, I want to be united with you. Someone on our research team wrote about this, asking questions about the Trinity. I know anytime we come up to this, there are questions. They asked, is it possible that this works out this way, that there's one God who controls some three super sub-entities, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? No, that's not what Jesus is saying here. Or they ask, is there one God who manifests itself in three distinct entities and they can never be any two of those at the same time? Is that what's being said here? Nope, that's not what's being said. Or they said, is this God all three in one at all times and we as human beings only experience one of them at a time? Nope, that's not what's being said here. I understand what they're asking. It's the same question we all ask. How can we figure out the Trinity? The truth of the matter is God is one but God is also three. He is three persons in one being, and he's three persons all the time, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I can be experiencing all three at once in my life. He doesn't trade off who he is. He's always Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, as I talk about this, you might be scratching your head right now thinking, I still don't understand the Trinity. And in part, that's okay, because the truth of who God is is above our cognitive understanding. But there's also another part to this. It is not above our spiritual understanding. There's something about being able to understand in our spirit through God's spirit the fact that God is three persons and that I can depend on Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I just warn you, watch out for false teachers who try to make you think that because it's hard to understand it, it must not be true. That's just ridiculous. There are a lot of things that are hard to understand, even in mathematics or chemistry, that are absolutely true. And obviously, God is much more complex, much more real than any of those things that we uh, study as human beings. The Trinity is a truth, and is a truth upon which our unity in Christ is built. And this discussion of the Trinity came out of this, this thing to remember when your heart is troubled. When your heart is troubled, remember that you are in Christ. You can depend upon that as a believer just as much as you can depend on the fact that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. 
What do you do when your heart is troubled? One more thing. John 14, 21. When your heart is troubled, remember that you're loved. Jesus said in verse 21, whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love him and show myself to him. When your heart is troubled, remember that as a believer in Christ, there is not one moment of your life when you are not loved by the most important person in your life. In fact, even before you become a believer, he loves you. You haven't come to his love yet. You haven't accepted it yet, but he loves you. Let's talk to this God who loves us in prayer. As we pray together today, we have, uh, we've talked in this study about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the fact that God, through his Trinity, ministers to us when our heart is troubled. So as we pray, let's talk to God in spirit. Let's talk to God as Jesus. Let's talk to God as our Father. Is it okay to pray to God's Spirit? Of course. You see it again and again in the Bible. Is it okay to pray to Jesus? Of course it is. Is it okay to pray to the Father? Of course it is. So just say, Spirit, thank you that you counsel me. Thank you that you're my paraclete, the one who comes alongside of me. Thank you that Jesus sent you so that I would not be alone. And Jesus, thank you that my life and my identity are now in you. And Father, Father, thank you that you love me, even as the Son loves me, that you love me, and that I can rely on your love every day of my life. I praise you that my heart does not have to be troubled because of who you are, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, make sure to join us tomorrow. We're going to finish with the last three of our 12 Let Not Your Heart Be Troubled Truths in this chapter. 